purposefully chosen community and welcome to Foster My Stories, the achievement-focused podcast for foster care, adoption, orphan, inclusive of underserved communities. I'm your host, Shalina Michelle Tate, and on today's cast episode, I am interviewing Kawan Fitch-Webster, a leader that's here local to the Midlands. Hello, Miss Kawan. How are you doing? I am well. How are you, Shalina? <laughs> Good. I'm super excited because I'm on location here with Miss Kawan, leading from her backstory to what she does today. I would love for her to tell you, the listeners, about her background. I do appreciate you coming and taking the time. I love what you're doing and congratulations to you. I know that Impacting Lives has been a journey for you and something you've always wanted to do. So pretty dope what you do. What's exciting about what you're doing is you get to impact lives in your own special way. We get to be a part. Great for this is a needed platform. And Ms. Kawan and I go back. She, to me, is a mentor before you even got to the leadership position that you are in today. Could you tell us a little bit about your childhood? Awesome, girl. You want to go back, back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've always found myself in leadership. I can remember probably about six. I had a neighbor who, in my mind, used to tease me. We used to play under her window, in her living room window. We lived in this six-family tenement, you know, straight through apartments and we're neighbors. And on her side of the building is where we could play in the yard in the front. But it was where I played school. I would hear her talking about me at church. As a kid, I didn't know what that was or what that meant, it really bothered me because I thought she was teasing me because of the way that I interacted with the other kids. It honestly came back to my memory just a couple years ago. And then I remember how she used to say, well, she used to talk to the kids and she'll tell them, and she would do that and it just burned me up. But she was mimicking, but she was mimicking my leadership. The, the memory now as an adult, I can remember this happened kind of at our community or whatever, but I recall very distinctly being at church and she would be telling other people that I was leading and the kids would listen to me and they did what I told them to do. We moved from there, I was seven. It's really just, it boggles my mind, but I've been doing this a long time. I went to private school from kindergarten to 12th grade. I've always had opportunities to speak in leadership, small community. So there was always, um, you know, an opportunity to do something. It wasn't big enough for you to kind of fade into the background and not be noticed. As I got older, serving and doing things for other people just became a, a huge part of our lives. When you left, because you said you left at seven, people kind of gravitate towards you or did mm. they ask you to be a part of staff? Until recently, I never paid attention to that. I can recall now being asked about 12, 13 years old to be an assistant to a Sunday school teacher. That was my first leadership position in the church. I was probably more like about 13 that happened. And so when someone was able to identify that I could handle it, I would be someone that the younger children would appreciate and respect. That was huge for me. Mrs. Darsaw was that person. And when she and I reconnected over the years and when I told her how much it meant to me then and even so much now that she was the first person to actually elevate me in true leadership. And I don't think that she knew what that meant for me. And it's so funny because now she's actually joining my community as an adult. I'm the coach in my program. So everything just kind of comes full circle. You know, I just think about one day she's going to be on the show saying, I always knew that Aww. girl. <laughs> Aww. That's awesome. That's so awesome. I can recall 
really your taste of a mentor dynamic to hear because you know a lot of times youth they don't really have the best influences or really any adults that's positive in their surroundings absolutely to push them so to hear that Miss Darcy was kind of like there to do that I commend her that's needed more now absolutely because now we're going through so many changes in life and it's like the youth need real leadership they need real mentorship they don't need to hear you know what they can't be and they don't need to hear 15 million times oh you need to pull up your pants well tell me why you pull up my pants Mm -hmm. or tell me why you know and how to be a young lady you Mm -hmm. know they need Mm -hmm. they need real examples they need real experiences did you graduate from school and then you started to have a feeling like, man, I, I think I want to do something in the community? Or was there something you saw back in your surroundings that kind of gave you like a, a nudge, like, not at all. I went through high school pretty much in a bubble. It was not as connected as I could have been in the sophomore year, my high school years. Father diagnosed the terminal illness and actually died right before graduation. From there on, high school was a real blur to me. I remember being called into the guidance counselor's office because my father went off that, you know, I was not more interested in looking into colleges and really doing the whole college thing in my senior year year because, you know, in my mind, I was just kind of waiting for him to die. It was just so apparent that this is what was going to happen. And he literally died 25 days before graduation. I left high school and I went to cosmetology in North Carolina, not because, oh, I just wanted to do hair so bad, but I needed to do something. My mom said, you know, like, you know, it just wasn't the time to fight me about what I really should be doing. Kind of let me find my path and find my way. And then I found myself at 19 pregnant. When I had Brandon at 20, it was just one of those things where, oh, now I need to figure out what I really want to do with my life. I enjoyed doing hair, but was not a career that I knew that God called for me. So I did hair and worked my way through college. That, you know, allowed me to have the flexibility and the freedom to kind of do what, what I needed to do for my classes, but also to be there for my young son. And I remember very, very vividly sitting at Diaz, well, we call it just welfare in Jersey. We were sitting at welfare trying to get assistance for childcare. And they told me that I would not be able to get any, a voucher because um, I was only going to school part-time, not full-time. And Shalina, it was just one of those things where, you know, that bubble moment happens again where I just, I don't remember sitting there in any emotion. I wasn't angry. I don't remember being emotional and crying. I don't remember being angry or volatile, like, well, y'all gonna figure this out. I really just remember sitting they're like okay and (laughs) and finally someone kind of came up probably the third or fourth person to say now I think that she can do a c-web and so she gave me some form I went and got the forms filled out and I remember going home and I was doing hair out of the house at the time having a conversation with one of my clients who had just taking a position at the um, child welfare agency in Jersey it's called DIFUS um, Division of Youth and Family Services so she was taking a position there and her part-time job might be an opening so she said well go talk to uh, Miss Michelle Peavy I said okay next day I go trotting down there I go talk to Michelle Peavy who happens to be the the older sister of someone I had gone to elementary school with who I did not know because she was so much older than us. Long story short, she filled out the form. I took it back. 
the form was actually for CWEP, which stands for Community Work Experience. In order to make up my time, because I was in school part-time, nine credits instead of 12, instead of full-time, I became a direct care worker at a group home for kids six to 12 years old. So my very first experience in my career that started into social services was by happenstance. When I say I just kind of tumbled into it, because again, I didn't know when Cynthia told me to go talk to Michelle, I didn't know what the program was. I didn't know she said she could help me. So I just went with no understanding of the program or anything of the sort. And when I got there in this nice house, I'll never forget it, 440 Hoboken Avenue in Jersey City. It was Lutheran Social Ministries. Lutheran Social Ministries started me off in my career and I was like a as needed, you know, care aide that went to where, you know, just doing my hours. And then I became a paid staff and I worked mostly like a four to 12 or three to 11 or something like that because that's usually what's needed and working in that group home barked so much in me and it started my entire career and that three-year-old little boy tell nobody this year he's 29 so Cynthia's getting ready to retire from Dyfus and we always do our anniversary together because when she started there is when I started my career in foster care in some kind of way because <laughs> you didn't know that I, yes I didn't know that mm -hmm. and also like my uh, previous guest Shayna Aspie transparent about life and appreciate her for that because that's needed as well you know here on Foster My Stories you hear so much of achievement focus but as I said before here on Foster My Stories a lot of times before we often go into the achievement portion of Foster My Stories it's great to hear how the guests have had real testimonies and real situations mm -hmm. that's happened, real life that has brought them to and through the stages that was necessary to get them to where they are. I just love wasn't a phase to her. It didn't bend her out of shape. It didn't get her worked up. Mm -hmm. She just was like, okay, what's next? Take us from there in the group home. And like you said, you saw so much. Group home experience, not only did it just, you know, stir up something in me, yeah. but it was the beginning. Yeah. I took that experience and I parlayed it really well. That semester, it might have just been my community work, but then I also was able to get three credits as a co-op. I was also able to use it for my internship. I was also able to use it, and I was two years from graduation at that point. I was also able to use it as the basis for several different types of papers. And also, um, it changed my major. I was going to just do business, and it changed to where my major became sociology. So as I shifted in what I found myself doing, doing in the community, in personal life, my academic life changed. It gave my college experience purpose because there was way more of a connection between what I needed to learn and what I was learning to what I was actually doing. When you're in schools, and a lot of kids who go into school right from high school and what have you, you know, unless you've been on a particular track in terms of medicine or other sciences or something like that, there's not a real connection between college and what I'm doing here and what I wanna be out in the world. You know, that doesn't happen until later. And it happened for me just because I had that experience which was truly by happenstance. That's how God works. You know, why it is a journey because um, sometimes you just 
have to be obedient and go along with stuff even though you don't really understand and then you get a better understanding of where it's supposed to be and what's supposed to be happening. When I left in social ministries, I took a position and that was actually a summer paid internship with Covenant House. Covenant House is a huge organization in this country. They mostly work with runaway youth. Midwest, Jersey, New York. If you've ever been to New York, by the Lincoln Tunnel, there's this huge white building with, I think there was a dove on the building because it's supposed to be like a beacon of hope. And I started working there and honestly, I don't recall putting in an application. I got a call from Covenant House about their nine line. 1-800-999-9999. I believe it's still in existence. And I worked their crisis hotline. I went from direct care for foster children in the group home to runaway youth crisis hotline. And that was a very rich experience. Second time I was working in Manhattan. So I got to go from Jersey and take the train over to the city. When I was doing my internship that summer, I worked during the day and I got hired on full time. I worked like a four to 12. So I got to be in the city at night. That was wonderful. A really phenomenal experience. And I went from Covenant House to pedophiles, arsonists, and other sex offenders who were developmentally disabled. And then I ran a battered woman shelter for a couple of years. And then I ran a parole program for a couple of years, a program that worked with adolescents who have mental health and behavioral health challenges. I then became a community resource person as a care manager with a hospital doing care for kids with behavioral and emotional challenges, mental health stuff. And then moved over into care management and then finally community management. I was basically able to work in the community finding resources for the families of the kids that we served. So being a support staff to the other care manager. And then I started my own. All of those years of experience literally took me oh, quite a few years because when I finally started my own that was 2006 led me to where I started my first nonprofit, dissolved that when I moved to South Carolina and now have another, actually two, in the work that I do now with women and families. Once again, a dynamic leader, as you can hear, really 25 years of experience that God has taken her through. She went and she started that internship that turned into a position and then more doors started to open. Mm -hmm. And I love how she said she went and worked somewhere else, but she didn't put the application in. It was just that God was opening those doors for her. I love my guests because they they always credit their source or where they know their help comes from. Amen. And we, you know, here at Foster My Stories, we don't beat that on over anyone's head, but we do give credit where our help comes from. So, mm -hmm. yes, uh, being groomed to be her own SVU. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love how she was saying that if time and resources, you know, was unlimited, she would love to spend more time with her family. And I understand that as well because of what she does in the, in the community that could be very demanding this one. Could you tell listeners, how has it been for you going on this, these different journeys? You see your sons growing up, your family been receptive to just how you blossom. Mom of three sons and and all of my work has always been around, you know, helping others, especially the younger kids. My baby boys are 16 and 18. With that, they've come up in a life of service. They're used to somebody probably living with us. They're used to gathering up these things and, you know, people are coming to the office to pick up food or they're used to handing out food pantry and that's their life. If we had to chronicle their community service, it's so infinite because that is their life. Brandon, my eldest, he was 
junior in high school when he brought me this young lady. That situation led me becoming a foster parent. I helped a friend of his. My other two younger boys, I have bonus sons now because of them. Um, so I've been fostering <laughs> officially and unofficially, usually because of my boys. They understand service. They understand that, you know, regardless of our personal circumstances, when God calls us to do something for somebody else, that that's what we have to do. When I worked at that group home, Brandon, he turned four that summer. So that fall, he, and he could not understand how come he had this great party with these kids. You know, we had such a good time. We trick-or-treated. We had the party in the house. And then how come they got to go upstairs and go to bed in those bunk beds and he could not go upstairs and go to bed too? You know, why can't I just stay here and go to bed with everybody else, you know? And I'm like, they live here. You don't live here. Now I run a transitional home and the boys are here and it's like, okay, you know, I know our home is far, but they would rather be here in Columbia serving and, you know, being of help to whatever the ladies might need and being with their mom than being anywhere else. My grandkids, when they come here, they're like, Big Ma, can we come to Hannah House? And I'm like, why do you, why, can I just come visit you? And it's like, no, we want to come to Hannah House. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> so um, my life of service has really just kind of meshed into with my life period. And so my family is aware and, you know, embrace that. I mean, my husband literally is in the kitchen now cooking. And it's not just for Kawan. I mean, it's for whomever likes to partake. And that's a whole nother show. How do you marry and date when your life is being on purpose and of service and you know, so just making sure that you have a mate that understands that from the beginning. If they don't understand it, it's gonna be problems later. Um, because women of faith, we always want a partner and we want somebody who's gonna be able to, to work the vineyard with us. And if they don't get it, cannot work the vineyard with you, it's gonna be a source of contention within the relationship, but it's also gonna be a source of contention for your work because you're always gonna feel pulled. So I thank God <laughs> that um, I have a husband who can, you know, whether it be, you know, fixing a lady's window for her vehicle, numerous things he has to do around this big old building. So journey for me and my life's work, as you said in the question, if there were unlimited resources and time, I would love to be able to have more time with my family. You know, some more time with my grandbabies for them to know my heart, know who I am. They know I serve. I want them to spend more time so they can better understand why I serve. Still beaming over here. You can't <laughs> see me on the, um, the speed, but I'm beaming over here because just the impact that Ms. Kwan has made carried over to her family. My last guest, uh, Marcus Evans, seeing his parents and why he chose the path he did and now here in Kawan and how, but from a mother's perspective of how she's now done service, but that's also have rubbed really off on her children and her grandchildren. Mm -hmm. It's very dynamic to hear and when you can hear it from that perspective. And then also to know that Miss Kawan served as a foster parent. So I say she's a super special guest because she's seen and knows everything from all corners of her field as a social worker, as a counselor, as a mentor, as a mother and grandmother, and also as a foster parent, a parent, and really knowing the whole total aspect of her journey. You were saying that going into the future, you would love to see more programs and more impact. Would you like to be, you know, the one to create them? Do you have some stuff in the works? Oh, <laughs> that's what you're asking me. Yeah, there's quite a few things in the works. One of my new projects is my 
Girls Empowerment Network. So we are working with pre and adolescent girls, helping them with a variety of things from reproductive health and bodies to even getting our, our girls more tech savvy and all kinds of stuff. We're excited about Girls Empowerment Network, Jen as we call it. Jen is also a Girl Scout troop, so that's really exciting. We're gonna be doing some things this year that's gonna give us greater impact and kind of really diversify and get us more out there. And so that's one of my projects. Um, something else that I'm slowly working on, my husband and I are chipping at the bits because God keeps sending us these boys. Um, we'll be doing some things. There's that aging out population that you and I have had a conversation about yes. many times before, yes. but my heart for the 18 to 24 year olds yeah. who are not ready to really fully be on their own, but don't have enough resources, don't make enough money to fully live on their own. So they do still need support. Just yes. going to be doing some stuff around issue and the needs of those young men. And I'm finding that just what I've seen with my boys, how necessary really, 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 really is. And then with my company, I've really been able in all these years of doing nonprofit stuff to make some real shifts to social enterprise. Just because it's giving someone something doesn't mean that I can't make a profit. I've learned over the years, it took me 20 some odd years to get it, that social enterprise is what we need in order for us to continue to get. I can't give from nothing. I can't do the things in the programs that I need to do from nothing. It takes money. And so if I choose to continue to create these programs, I have to create businesses business opportunities for myself that allows my family to be able to eat and not always have to be the a client as well. Yes. Hello, somebody. With that, Journey Towards Purpose Global Institute is an LLC. It's not a nonprofit where I teach other servant leaders how to serve and, and give them a curriculum to work from. Not only do I help them with a curriculum to use, but I also help them to set up their businesses, nonprofits or LLC. And I've been serving clients from Pennsylvania, New Jersey, North Carolina, South Carolina, you name it, it's been really an interesting journey of helping folks to incorporate and set up their businesses properly, especially as far as nonprofits are concerned. And then once they're set up, I've been really doing a lot of courses, nonprofit leadership, fundraising, board development, going over bylaws and what they mean and how they are supposed to be set up and so on. And so all of those things are a part of my brand, a part of my services that I do under my company. And then I've added some other courses. I am now a six-time book author. I'm teaching um, self-publishing and a few other courses that are going to be added on this year. But also as I add different products, t-shirt line, some accessories that all are about purpose. It's really just a matter of getting to the place where I'm going to naturally give. I understand that that's what God called me to do to take care of, but I also know that he gave me my family too, and I need to be able to take care of them as well. And I want to be able to teach people how to take your gifts and the things that God gave you and how do you monetize them so that you're able to continue to do the work. Everything Ms. Kwani said, mm -hmm. I'm soaking it up as a sponge. Like she said, she authored several books. She uh, has been a mentor to me as well because she knew me from a couple years back. I came to her and she helped me have book launch for my first book. She does dynamic stuff like that in the community. Her book, My Purpose Journal, my journey toward my purpose. You know, if you find that and other book by contacting Ms. Gawain, 
J2P Global Institute. On Facebook. On Facebook. And yes. you can do our payhip, P-A-Y-H-I-P.com backslash J2P Global Institute. You can always find books and stuff on Amazon as well as on the payhip site as well. Decided to tell you listeners to please, please, please go support and go check out her information, especially for her institute. And she's also referred to passionately as Coach K as well. And you can <laughs> contact her um, for her services and for mentorship as well because mm-hmm. it's needed especially when you're trying to business strategies or you know get organization for your business you don't always have I mean there's resources out here but you don't always go to the right resources let's say it that way a lot of times you may get the runaround or you, you may not know about bylaws and why those are important you may not even know who could be your board of directors if you're ready for that you, legalities of well why you can't have a business here five feet away from here all those things you would have to know I came to Ms. Kawan a couple of years ago and at the time I had uh, so many ideas but I was everywhere because I wasn't <laughs> ready and so now as a grad student taking business courses I'm now understanding the things that needs to go in place a lot of times good to kind of have studies and some classes and really talk to some leaders like Ms. Kawan in the community to kind of help you get organized Absolutely. and I encourage that highly if you're <laughs> entrepreneurs listening <laughs> to get organized find a mentor and definitely reach out to Ms. Kawan once again your Facebook LinkedIn as well right yes LinkedIn and reach out and just show some love because you heard her on Foster My Stories. You heard about her dynamic service and what she does in the community. Also, she has this dynamic anthology. Can you tell the listeners about that anthology? Listen, anthology, <laughs> I am the anthology queen. I am a part of two outside of my own Diva Affirmations. I'm also a part of the nonprofit Legacy, which um, was the first time I had done something outside of this area um, in terms of books, which is really pretty. Pretty, pretty dope. But I have five anthologies that I've done on my own. Confessions of a Welfare Mom, Confessions of a Welfare Mom, Volume 2, Confessions of a Domestic Violence Survivor, Our Journey Towards Purpose, and I Speak, which is the latest one. published that last week. Giving Voice to the Innocent Bystanders of Domestic Violence. My goal with my books has always been to give women a voice, a platform to share their stories. It wasn't until my four one, Our Journey Towards Purpose with 10 of us in there. I went to do some marketing and promotion around this book and I literally had to go get my other books and take a minute. And when you look at these books, what do you see? You see the pictures of the women, right? At this point, Shalana, I have helped over 60 women become authors. Wow, I'm gracefully chosen listeners. I'm literally looking at all the women who have been impacted by her services. Yeah. Also, if you happen to be a playwright, Books to Stage. Yeah, that's one of my books, Books to Stage. You can find the ebook for Books to Stage on Amazon. And that's if you want to take your novel or um, your book and turn it into a stage production. I'm hoping because she has those uh, artistic talents as well. I'm hoping, but that's maybe if God leads, you know, maybe her short films one day. We'll see. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm working on something. Oh, see, see, okay. I'm working on something. See, I, I'm, I can't tell you everything. Um, it's so funny because it was just um, earlier this week he um, reached out. He was like, weren't we talking about doing this? And I said, yeah. And so we went back and forth and we threw around again, throwing around some ideas around it. And then he said, thinking of it as stage or film. And I said, film. And he was like, I thought so. Come and I promise. I'm glad that was a confirmation. <laughs> Listeners, if you definitely enjoy listening 
to Ms. Kwan's testimony as much as I've been um, honored to have really come see her. Come I check me out. Come see her or come call, well, call her first. <laughs> yeah. Call her first and um, check out her information. Thank you for your time uh, here on Foster My Story. But before we go, Ms. Kwan, is there any advice you would like to give listeners, whether they're wanting to potentially be a counselor or go into that field or just any advice in general? I would say <laughs> God has already given you a purpose and it's your job to figure out what it is. Don't go into anything that you have not been led into for a particular reason or season. Make sure that you are flushing it out. Make sure that you are connecting who you need to connect to. But make sure that you are seeking God and you are really intentional about where you're spending your time, energy, and money. There's no reason to go down a road of spending time for counseling and different things like that when you have another area that you really, really are passionate about. So, and if you're not sure what you want to do and how you want to do it, then get some help to figure that out. One of the things that I love about Journey Towards Purpose is that's what it's all about, figuring out that stuff so you don't waste any time and it's not always waste time it, it is your journey but you don't spin your wheels where they don't need to be allow God to lead but also make sure that you're using some good information <laughs> and I just want to thank you so much for this um, an opportunity to share what I do and share all that I have going on we didn't mention is that where my office is I run a transitional house for women who are homeless um, and their families Hannah House has been here for over 20 years well a little over 20 years and we serve the homeless women population here in the Columbia in the Midlands and I get the pleasure of working with these ladies every day and to operate my community-based business um, along with this residential-based business is pretty dope so yes if you're local here to the Midlands you may have heard of Hannah House they downtown right across from the bus station but um this is a, a private area so definitely you can't just come roll up here you got to come you know get permission so if you contact Miss Kawan just make sure it's okay first child or mm -hmm. if you want to come donate absolutely you donate your you know if you have some items you like to donate some food maybe some clothing some resources I'm pretty sure they would give me a call yes, I'm give, sure give her a call. you can always use toilet paper your time thank you so much again Miss Kawan and if you would like to be a featured a community or a special guest here on Foster my stories please inbox the gracefully chosen 2020 facebook page and you can also catch new content wednesdays at 3 p.m eastern standard time via red circle podcast audible spotify republic radio and google podcast and remember being fostered adopted orphaned and underserved simply means you're gracefully chosen take care